Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters of Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collective volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. Happy Halloween, everybody. This is probably coming out after Halloween, if I had to guess, because my life fell apart and we didn't record on time, but... Yeah, I I don't think I'll have time to do it tomorrow. I'll have some time to do it tomorrow, but... This week, we read Berserk Volume 7 as we finish reading Berserk for the spooky month. Mm-hmm. There was no spooky stuff in Berserk this week. But there was blood, like I, like I anticipated. Yeah, well, that's it's subtitle in Japan, right? Berserk, <laughs> there will be blood. <laughs> Some might say a symphony of blood. Before that, though, we have Shonen Jump, and I read it all on Sunday so that we'd be prepared to record on time. So Same. We'll, we'll see what I remember. Starting off with Blue Box number 26, I'll be rooting for you, which has Boy being like, yes, ma'am, after Chinatsu is aggressive with him. Mm-hmm. And also a sexy slip at the end. Yes. No, I, re- I remember liking it quite a lot. I, I really liked Shinatsu kind of taking control of the situation. Yeah. And by a sexy slip, I mean not that sh- uh, something slipped out, but that she slipped and fell on a boy. Yes. They are now on his bed cuddling. Yeah. Which, you know, we'll just, the next chapter, we'll just start with them blushing and separating. <laughs> or, or somehow g- rhythmic gymnastic girl will appear. She will burst out of the closet. <laughs> that actually would be not bursting out of the closet, but like, hey, I heard you weren't feeling well and came over. How did you hear that? Then, I literally didn't to, tell anyone. I've, yeah, I've literally told no one. The only reason Chunatsu knows is she knows I'm home and have been hiding in my room. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember it being good. I don't, that Those are the two things I remember about it. That's basically all I remember about it as well. I do remember really liking it, but like with a lot of these ones where it's like you just got to read it. So... Yeah. Next up, that brings us to One Piece Chapter 1029, The Tower, the chapter of Shonen Jump I do remember, because the tower is the bad card in tarot. Yes. You think it's death, but it's the tower. Death is only bad if it's reversed. Yes. I don't know. I feel like a reverse tower should mean something like something bad is going to happen to someone else that will benefit you. I don't really know tarot that well, but I feel like that's what it should. I feel like if you get a reverse tower, it should be great. Yeah, um, that that's not, well. At least it's Schadenfreude, but I, I would agree with you. Anyway, this is about how a kid doesn't have a left arm. That's what this chapter is about, Basically. Right? No, I just, I really loved we have Killer fighting. All right, I actually, I guess I really like that this chapter starts off with Kid and... I mean, it starts with Sanji from last week being like, yes, oh no, right, I'm sorry. turning inhuman. But then we get to go back to Kid. Yeah, we get Kid and... Law. Law, thank you. Kid and Law fighting Big Mom, and Kid kind of sitting there being like, why does my head hurt? As, uh, you know, eventually we cut over to Straw Man? What? Hawkins. Hawkins. Basil Hawkins. I'm just, I'm forgetting names today. It's been a while. Uh, He's just bashing his head into the wall (laughs) to to mess with Kid. And then Keller be like, hey, what happens if, like, I damage a part of you? But your recipient doesn't have that part to take the damage. Yeah. Well, it's like, what happens if I damage you and your recipient can't take the damage? And it was like, well, you know, and Hawkins is like, well, I still have kids, so there's nothing you could do. And he cuts off his left arm. And Hawkins goes like, oh, wait, shit, I forgot. Kid doesn't have a left arm. (laughs) He's got a robot arm. Those don't exist in One Piece. I forgot. (laughs) I feel like if we counted the number of characters in One Piece with robot arms, it would be higher than... You would think. 
I think so as well, but you would have to stretch you count your definition of, twice. <laughs> you would have to. <laughs> the question is, do you count him twice or four times? Because he has robot arms inside of his robot arms. It's true. But I was thinking you'd also have to stretch your definition of robot a little bit for some people. Well, I mean, it's pirates. Obviously, they're going to be prosthetics. Like, Crocodile doesn't have a robot arm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> does I mean, he actually have that arm, or does he just wear a hook? I don't remember. Hand, I guess, not arm. I believe he has that hand. He just ha- he just let like that's his hook. But I I also I don't remember because that also turns the sand. W- well, I guess the rest of his clothes do. But yeah, I don't remember if he has a hand or if he just wears the hook. Because it's, it's so bulbous, he could easily fit his hand in there. Yes. But I was also thinking, kids, kid doesn't really have a robot arm. He's got a metal arm that he manipulates. Yeah, that, that's a robot arm, Kevin. I yes, but I guess it's sort of different from Frankie's robot arms. Yes. Does Queen have robot arms? See, these are the questions. Yes. Queen has robot arms. You know, however many pacifists there are right now, they all have robot arms. Are, are Germa 66, are those robot arms? <laughs> I would say no, because I'm assuming they are biological monstrosities rather than robotic monstrosities. They they have been very vague about that. They but... have been, but it, it makes it feel like it's some kind of, like, you know, bioengineering. With I mean, there's definitely stuff in it, but, like, Sanji is not made of metal. No. Yet. <laughs> He's evolving. <laughs> He's evolving into steel type. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. One Piece was good this week. One Piece was very good this week. Yeah, my last note is that that's a bad top deck, bro. When he draws <laughs> the tower. Yeah. No, I like that. Why word. would you put that card in your tarot deck? Just just take it out. Put, a, put another the world in there. I mean, let's be honest here, because then that would, you know, you have to have the full deck bonus. Yes. Otherwise, you, True. you lose all the benefit. Next up, we have Jujutsu Kaisen, Chapter 163, Tokyo Number 1 Colony, Part 3. What did you think of Jujutsu Kaisen this week, Kevin? I remember liking it pretty good. We've got some, like, the first flashback with, I I don't know, the first scene with Itadori seemed a little weird, because I was like, where is this coming from? Because we had, I can't remember if this is a flashback of this kid, like the other guy recognized him from before, or if this happened, like they were just walking by and saw a bunch of people being assholes. I took it as the former. Okay. That that does make sense. And I guess now thinking about it, I had forgot that the guy that he meets is like, oh God, oh, thank God he doesn't recognize me. Yeah. So like, I I thought I liked that and I like the, the conflict they're setting up of... Itadori actually managed, you know, even though it seemed like they were going in opposite directions, Itadori actually managed to find the guy he was looking for versus Megumi. I kept wanting to say Melinda, and I'm like, that's not right. Uh, (laughs) Megumi got sidetracked where I honestly thought both of them were going to get sidetracked and then we're going to have to, like, come back together. So this is kind of an interesting twist. Yeah. And it's a lawyer guy. Yeah. And after playing all of Phoenix Wright, I'm even more into him than before. I mean, I knew he was, I knew he was the one they were looking for. Yeah. But... Like I said, it's it's interesting that Itadori like actually did get led to him as opposed to both of them getting swindled to go in opposite directions. Yeah. I mean, they did get swindled into going to opposite directions. Itadori's direction was just correct. Yes. I thought I you know, I thought there were going to be three paths and yeah. they they both got sent down false paths. Yeah, so did I. So that was cool and I I like the attitude Megumi has with his dude if he's like, "Oh, this was a trick." I, I honestly should have expected that. All right, well, time to murder at you and actually go find him. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Dr. Stone Z equals 215 Long, Long Road. 
Three years pass in this chapter. That seems weird. Yep. No one even gets turned to stone to pass them quickly. No, but I do. I did like the the callbacks to. I, this is a historical callback, but the callbacks to NASA's early rocket failings. Like, I've seen videos of those early rocket failings. Like, this is literally exactly what happened when they were like, yeah, we're going to, and, you know, we're going to make this rocket. And they'd watch it. Like, the first one just fell over. The second one, like, started spinning uncontrollably. They had one go up and then explode. Like, all this different stuff kept happening. And I really liked that they were like, well, I mean, we know how to build rockets, but, like, we, we we still don't have the infrastructure to make everything perfect. And so they, oh, this caused a problem. Oh, this, something else caused a problem. It's just like what happened with the engineers being like, well, I, I know how to build things, but I apparently don't know how to build rockets. <laughs> I just have to that SpaceX that pretty hard there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Senku blows up a bunch of rockets. Well, Suki and Chrome are like, we, we can definitely make a rocket. It'll be fine. Well, their their goal is to make the return capsule, Yeah, which should be easier. You would because it, it only has to escape the moon. It only has to escape the moon, so it has it does need to be less powerful, and they also get to learn from Zeno and Senko's failure. So, like while they're getting time to learn about how to make the rockets, they're also, you know, because the manufacturing team is not the one at fault here, but they're the one learning the most of like oh, because obviously the design n- nothing's wrong with the design of their rocket. They just keep running into mechanical problems of oops. There was an air bubble here, and like most of the times, there's literally nothing you can do on certain things. Yeah. So yeah, one day Doctor Stone will be over. He'll be like fifty, though. They'll have to send Senku's child to the moon by <laughs> Y Man. You think Y Man hasn't attacked in those three years? Yeah, I I don't think it'll take that. I mean, like as funny as that joke is, NASA also made it to the moon fairly fast too, True. as the Russians did. Like it still took like. Five to ten years, if I remember something like that. But like, it's not going to be like you know, Senku's going to be seventy and be like, "All right, time to moon." <laughs> Next up, we have Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter Eighty Three: Mash Burn Dead and the Shadow Eater, which I remember just being some real Shonen BS until the end when Mashal's like, "You know what? I don't want to do this arc. I've decided I'm a D and D character. I'm just going to fight you and then deal with what's going on." Yeah, I remember. I liked his adaptate like his solution to the puzzle was funny yeah it was, it was a triangle choke <laughs> yeah well it, like the triangle choke was funny but also the uh if it eats your shadow it will kill you so he just dropped to the floor so he didn't have a shadow essentially because it's like oh the light source is coming from above so if i stand on like if i'm just covering my entire shadow there's nothing you can do and then it was almost a callback to him being a baby because it was like oh well if you're stuck crawling on the ground you'll be very easy and he just like starts super crawling I loved that. And then, like you said, when they were like, uh, you know, oh, we've been making all these puzzle rooms. I was like, wait a minute. We have a mash burn dead. And they're just literally using him <laughs> as a battering ram to bust through the walls. Yeah. Pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, we have Ayakashi Triangle Chapter 65. We're almost there. The pain of battle. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to be a really nice chapter or not. <laughs> I hope they get color pages. <laughs> that would be so good. I think they got them too recently, but... It would be funny, but I also don't think that's a joke in Japan, so... I don't know. But yeah, man, I don't, I remember being a little disappointed in Ayakashi Triangle, and that's kind of all. Matsuri's here now. Remember how Suzy was going to do a thing? Nah. Yeah, there was a bit of that. Oh, yeah, Suzy got her clone's arm bitten off, and she was like, ow. Yeah, but like she's she was still doing a little bit of, oh, I managed to figure out like how to be a better Ayakashi medium. Unfortunately, he just ate a bunch of spiritual energy and is now super-powered. 
I need Matsuri to come help out. And it was kind of like both of them, like Matsuri freaking out, like, wait, stuck in the dream. And like, oh, maybe I've figured out some way to unlock my powers. Yeah. I liked it. I I, I still ranked it pretty high, mm-hmm. but I was not very, I was disappointed in it, I okay. suppose I will say. Uh, anything else you want to say on Shining Jump this week, Kevin? Nope. That'll bring us into Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where every week we rank everything in Shonen Jump from our least favorite up to our favorite. We have 18 chapters this week. So, Kevin, what do you have at number 18? The Peas. I have the Peas higher this week. I remember really not liking this chapter and thinking it was, like, structurally wrong. Yeah. So, like, there's some stuff I'm like, wow, I put that the Peas above that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, my number 18, I for sure think, is worse than the Peas. That's fair. I just, I don't know. This felt like... To me, this felt like the, uh, oh, God, we're having a ratings dip shift. And I was like, this is like chapter six. See, it didn't feel that way to me, but it felt like we were introducing a character at the wrong space for the wrong reasons. Yeah. That's what I meant. It felt like a a botched character introduction. It didn't feel like, it didn't have that desperate tone to me, though. Okay. It didn't feel like he was shifting gears. It felt like he was doing poorly. Okay. To me, it felt like he was doing poorly with it. It was like, "Eh, maybe they'll like this one. Well... Maybe if you would set anything up, sure. I have me and Roboco at 18. Okay. Don't remember. Oh, it's Gachi Gorilla and what's his name? And stuff keeps happening to them. And they're like, it's fine. This comic is just a really bad version of the dog in the room saying it's this is fine. Yes, that is fair. It went slightly higher for me, so there must have been something that I laughed at. You like at. those guys. but I, yeah, this I do was, like those guys. This joke got old immediately for me, and it was 20 pages of this joke. Mm-hmm. What do you have at 17? Red Hood. Gotcha. I have it just slightly higher because I have Black Clover at 17. Okay. I have I'll... Black Clover at 16. <laughs> That's so. where I have Red Hood. <laughs> there you go. Red Hood at least had words, and I was like, okay, Red Hood, thanks. Yeah, sure. I, You know, I just, it seemed so, like, it seemed like these he's coming up with these rules without having established them earlier. Like, it, you know, it was like, oh, he spent so much time with... The one chick. So she's like, oh, her memories are being erased. I was like, that seemed to happen instantaneously after not having dealt with him for like several months, you know, or barely dealing with him while he was on the train, uh, the tra- boat, in the, the, the water train. Yeah, the train, <laughs> the the giant train cube. Because it was like, well, she like she interact with him like a little bit, but they weren't traveling together. Why is she, you know, now at the end of the three months showing signs of breaking when there weren't any beforehand don't you think it would be the other people he's been hanging out with for a very long time that would like you know his his training dorm members that would actually be showing more signs that he's literally spent the last three months with as opposed to like the week or so it took them to ride from his village to this place i to be fair assume those are basically npcs that she has more to be affected Uh, that's possible 
not to really defend this, this this is the one that yeah, says to me desperation, because I think these mm-hmm. were all ideas the author had. I don't think he's throwing them out, but I think these were supposed to be slow reveals I, that's, over time that I we have do to shock it out. I, I do feel that. And so, like I said, it feels like, you know, ah, oh, she's losing herself. That, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. What do you have at 15? That's where I put me in Robico. I guess I, I liked something. I It's been a while, so I, I must have laughed at one of the jokes to put it up above the last three. But obviously not very much. Like, they were just kind of, sure, whatever, man. I have Nero Way of the Martial Artist at 15. This fight is just doing nothing for me. I really don't like the way it's constructed and blocked. Okay. Like, I don't, the stakes of it I get, but they seem really cliche to me and passe, and I don't think the story's being told well. I would like this arc to get over so maybe Nero can be good again. But, like I said, I, I still have hope for the series, but man, I want this little arc to end. I was finding it okay. Not amazing, but it went a little bit higher for me. What do you have at 14? That's why I have high school family. See, I have that higher, so I must have laughed at something. Oh, this I, was the this the is pancakes. the sh- this is the shogi thing, yes. which I'm not as much of a fan of. So this was better than I think the last time I saw it where I just did not give a crap. But I I did laugh at the pancakes of, you know, like, yeah, I want to be a uh, pro shogi player so that I can have pancakes. And him being like, I think you took the wrong message from that. <laughs> I have Undead Unlock at 14. Okay. I really don't, like, it's below p- 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 It must have had something that I really didn't like, but I honestly don't remember. I actually have it quite a lot higher. Okay. So I think I liked some of the moments of this. What do you have at 13? I have Magujan at 13. I don't even remember what happened in this one. I think there was a ceiling bracelet. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is... The one Muscar trying to steal the bracelet, and then it turned out I was like, haha, the bracelet was fake all along. Yeah, obviously. A 13th right, but sure. Like I said, I, I mostly agree with you. I think I'm just more like attached to this ride. Sometimes you see a train wreck and you want to keep watching. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> or at least not this train wreck. Yeah. What do you have at 12? That's where I have Witch Watch. What was this one? I don't remember. Oh, I I remember this one. This was the one where the two the the one kid speaks like he's essentially in a oh, English for Japanese oh, tech, yeah. I remember, Japanese for English textbook. Yeah, I remember thinking. Th- I bet this is great if you're Japanese. I I had the same feeling. I was like, like this would probably have been really funny because they were making tons of references to books and that I was like, I I understand the, the joke even not being Japanese. As was, someone who has taken a class about another language, I do get all this. They're doing all the basic sentences that you randomly learn, like the "Where's the bathroom?" So yes. or like I went to the library. My cousin plays tennis, sort of stuff. But it's so hard to translate. Yeah, and so I I still laughed because I've also you know done some stuff for myself of learning that things and they were talking about like it's speaking in that very it's I'm gonna call it stilted English which I think actually translated very well where it came over but you know I'm assuming they're speaking in stilted Japanese where it's like yeah this is what like you teach five year olds who don't learn how to fluency isn't quite the right word but you know you can make your you can make your words flow a lot better, but this, you know, like this would just be like walking up to someone and being like, "Where bathroom?" Yeah, grammatically correct, <laughs> but not not the way you would approach that sentence. Yeah, yeah. I have Magi Chan at twelve. Okay, what do you got at eleven? That's where I have Nero. Okay, uh, I'm a bit more interested in the fight than you are, so I don't know. I'm I'm getting more interested in it. I hope at the very least they can stick around this level. You know, m- middle of the pack is fine for me. Yeah, I, I don't want Nero gone. Mm-hmm. Don't no, get me I, wrong. I, get I just I want this arc over and sure. for him to try something else. I have Witch Watch at eleven. Okay. 
like like I just said, I I got the joke, but also I had to analyze the joke to get the joke, which is mm-hmm. not really. I mean, the the translator did everything he could. Yeah, no, I and I don't want to fault them for that. I think it but, came across very well, but a lot of it was also they were like making mention of the fact those like, oh, that's straight out of this book, and that's straight out of this book, and like I don't I don't have the cultural yeah. context to understand what the difference is, you know, and it's like are they. Are they because they kept mentioning English teachers? So I was like, are they actually speaking in English? I assumed that the entire time. I took okay. this all as very like these are two people like they're all English as a second language textbooks gotcha. because like I said, all the uh, sentences they like. Yeah, I found her pen. Like that's all very Spanish one hundred and one. Yeah, ha- have some vocabulary. Yes. What do you fine. have at number ten? I have Mashal at number ten. Like I said, I liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. I just liked the other stuff above it more. I have high school family at 10. Okay. Pancakes. Yeah. Not as good as the Hellboy comic about pancakes, but have <laughs> you seen that one? No, but oh. I have seen I have seen the uh I own the Watchmen comic where uh Rorschach eats Batman's pancakes. Well, the Hellboy one is the the professor with a young Hellboy being like try them and he's got pancakes he's like I don't want to. And he's just like try them and so Hellboy eats pancakes and then you just they just cut to hell and they're like no, now that he has partaken of the pancake, he shall never return to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really good. Yes. I still do like though. It's just it's Batman coming up to Rorschach going, "You ate my pancakes." And Rorschach going like, "Yes." <laughs> I've got Elusive Samurai at number nine. So do I. Okay. I'm liking where this is going. I really I, don't remember any details of it. <laughs> I still remember liking, I'm still liking the art aspects of this because I think this was still more, we had a little bit more of the conversation between, no, because that was last week that it ended. So what was this one? I remember the like, here, here are some dudes that are that are hiding here that'll fight for you. That's literally all I remember. Yeah. I, I remember liking it. I rem- I still like the art, and I like the, I'm gonna call it surrealist way he handles certain things, where he goes into this like abstract. You know, I, I still really love that one picture of when the the eyeballs guy is questioning the young lord at first, and he's like turned into the centaur who's got an eyeball for a head, drawing the bow, pointing it right at the young lord. Like, ah, oh, that was that's such cool imagery. Uh, what do you have at number eight? That's where I put undead and unluck. Like I said, I liked it. I liked, you know, them getting, this was them getting into the game. It's, uh, uh, yeah, reading this uh, almost a week ago has hurt some of my, I was like, oh, I apparently liked this one. Yeah. That's a, that's also how I feel about my number eight, which is Sakamoto Days. I remember acupressure. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. Yeah. Oh, I think a serial killer showed up, but I don't remember where to. Oh, he was the store. Sh- yeah. Yeah. It's my number seven. I liked, you know. I always like the introduction of the the old cranky healer or guide or what have you. And I just like her being like, you know, hey, Sakamoto, even though, you know, like you seem like a badass to these youngsters, you're still fat and like haven't been working out for five years or however long it's been. But then she just socks him in the gut and is like, all right, well, that should give you a little bit of a jolt. And then just bowled over in pain going, thanks. It's pretty funny. I have Mashal at seven. Okay. Like I said, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. What do you have at number six? That's where I put Dr. Stone. I liked the callback to NASA's early rocket failures, which was like, it's horrifying. Uh, it's not horrifying to watch because I I don't think anyone got injured off of them because they knew they were messing around with, you know, essentially giant bombs. 
but it's pretty funny watching them like all in a row where you're just watching these rockets just fail one after another. And I mean, it's not like they literally launch them one after the other, but it's, it's a pre- montage. It's pretty funny to watch as a montage. You're just watching these rockets just be like, nope, nope, boom. That's my favorite song. Nope, nope, boom. boom. <laughs> I have Mission Yuzakura family at six. Okay. This is the one about uh, nursing Tayo back to health, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. Yeah. I must, I probably found it funny. That's pro- I probably thought it was funnier than Mashal, and that's why I went here, I bet. We'll see if I remember anything I just when remember I get to Kengo it. dressing up as Mitsumi and me like, let's play Dr. Tayo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like that. And then he knees Kengo in the crotch and was like, sorry, you just like, we're not acting at all like Mitsumi. Yeah. Uh, what do you have at number five? Uh, that's where I put Jujutsu Kaisen. You know, I'm excited for where this is going. Yeah. Uh, that's where I have Dr. Sin. What do you got at number four? That's where I put Mission Yuzakura. You know, I just, I like the cute family antics, so... Yeah, it is what good. sets it apart from other shonen manga yep. we got. That's where I have Ayakashi Triangle. Like okay. I said, I was kind of disappointed with it this week. Fair. What do you have at number three? That's where I put Ayakashi Triangle. I was m- less, sli- I guess, slightly less disappointed <laughs> with it than you were. Uh, that's where I have Jujutsu Kaisen, actually. Okay. Again, I really like Itadori showing up, and I even like this lawyer's perspective. I know you were not super hot on the chapter where he showed yeah. up, but I find that very interesting. It is pretty interesting with him being like, you know, Hey, so the rules don't apply to me anymore. So, what if I can just do what I want? That'd be cool. Yeah. What do you have at number two? That's where I have Blue Box. Okay. I really liked this chapter of Blue Box, you know, and it was it was very good, but it lost out to my number one. Yeah. Well, I have one piece at number two. It did not lose out to my number one because it is my number one. Gotcha. Yeah, I just I really loved the moment of Killer slicing off Hawkins's left arm, and then Hawkins being like, "Oh wait, shit! <laughs> I forgot. Kid doesn't have a left arm." Yeah, pretty good. Not not, not going to lie, pretty good. I just blew box higher, I guess, because I like when girls fall down on boys and when uh, boys have to yes-bam them. No, it, it it was very good. That was a very close one and two. All right. Anything else you want to say, nope. Kevin? Then we will talk about Berserk Volume 7, our final volume of Berserk, for a little bit after the break. Uh, we read Berserk Volume 7. I have the most notes on this volume, I think, than anyone except maybe Volume 1, where I had to re- learn everybody's name. I mean, that's fair. I feel like a lot of details are going to be a blur to me until you mention them, because I read it quite a while ago. See, I read it today. Gotcha. Because I always read the vo- or I, oh, I guess not always. I frequently read it the night before. But I try not to make this mistake with the volume that we're reading. It was, I think, the oddest paced volume of any we've read so far. Again, Japanese manga volumes are not written for pacing, mm-hmm. but it felt really, really long, I think, because we start with the Casca and Guts yep. on the run stuff, and that feels like a most of a full story, and I expected one or two chapters after that, and I felt like it just kept going. Yep. With like, yeah, we got to siege this castle. We got to have this really boring meeting that Griffith is a part of that normally we skip over. Yep. Which, you know, in and of itself is actually pretty important that we get some of the perspective of the other nobles. In that meeting. So, like, I agree with you. I think some of it is because this is a monthly thing. Like, in, you know, weekly chapters, we would have, oh, yeah, we can take, like, after this story arc of them finally, you know, Casca and Guts managing to make it back to camp, we'd have a little bit of downtime. But 
a little bit of downtime being two months if they took one you know one or two chapters would probably be too much yeah and just the meeting was super boring it's a bunch of characters we don't care about the king and griffith and even the king we don't really care about no we just he's established at least yeah find the relationship this series has with like traditional shonen manga very interesting and i wonder if that's really played up during the golden age to make it seem a bit more shonen but we got the hundred year convulsing death uh, torture technique that has been passed down in my family for generations i'm i'm wondering because it honestly feels like it's just that character so it's (laughs) It's, like he decided to grab this guy from a shonen manga and stick him in here i mean but we've seen it before there was like the whirling that's the same guy i guess you're right that, that's what I mean. It's like that guy is like a traditional shonen villain where he just keeps coming up with like the, this is my thousand year torture technique. And I don't want to nitpick, but like we say about Berserk, a lot of it is art. There are so many scenes of just a bunch of corpses on the ground after Guts has fought them. Mm-hmm. There's one, I think it's actually Casca is fighting, where we see that scene, but one of them is saying, ow, my artery. Which just <laughs> sounds like it should come from a college humor video. <laughs> <laughs> This reminds me of that. Have you ever seen that scene in Invader Zim with the dodgeball game where the one kid gets in? He's like, ah, my spleen. And Zim is like, hi, humans in their infeeb- or, uh, inferior organs. And then he gets in and he's like, ah, my, my, like, duodenum. It's like duodenum or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember the specific, but gotcha. yes. It's like, there are so many scenes of this violence. It's just like, oh, yeah, but we have to justify that she killed this person by having him say, ow, my artery. artery. Yes. Is, just kind of ridiculous. I um, think some of that is to show, like, when Guts is fighting people, he's, you know, like, smashing their faces in and they're losing arms. Versus that time when she cuts the guy, it she, like, literally just, there's the femoral artery that she cuts yeah, but under it, the shoulder. And, like, there, there's a little bit of blood spray, but, like, it's not violent compared to the other deaths that we've seen. I can't imagine being like, oh, no, she got my artery, no matter how shonen I was and planning. I cannot imagine that being what I cried out as, as I, I was died. defeated. No, totally fair. So it just seems very weird. But yeah, we got a ton of downtime in this. And I think that's also part of it. Like the downtime at camp with Casca and Guts, I'm totally fine with. Because those yeah. are characters we care about. The elf dust that shows up. Hey, remember how elves are in this setting? Yep. That all feels appropriate. But like the war council with Griffith seems really weird. It does. And we have Guts deciding this is going to be his final campaign with the Band of the Hawk. And then he'll go try to figure out a dream or something. Yeah. You know, he'll probably become a condemned black swordsman who has to fight demons. It seems like what he would want, right? <laughs> yes. Also, we got the guy who Griffith sold his body to one time, who's the enemy commander, who wants Griffith alive because he's just so smexy. Yes. I did like the scene of, like, we start seeing behind Griffith's beauty when he's talking about, like, well, I mean, yeah, I just had sex with the guy for money. Like, but, you know... And Kasuga's like, oh my god, isn't that horrible? He's like, no. He's like, well, I needed money. I, was I, like, I, I do have this hot body. So. Yeah. He's like, who cares? The, you know, uh, if, if, if I just have to, like, what would you rather have me do? Fight a bunch of battles, potentially lose a bunch of people to try and gain enough money to wage a war, or have sex with this one old man once? He didn't even seem that old. <laughs> He's going to be alive with a flash forward to 10 years. No, but I meant because. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because he's super young, and that guy's like 30 or 40. And his whole plan to capture the super fortress at the end that the king asks him to catch that that to capture that of course no one has been able to that's crucial to the entire war is basically to take advantage of the fact that he had sex with this guy one time. Yep. To lure out all the forces so Casca can go capture the castle. 
Yep. But Shonen Guy is there, and he hits her with a poisoned arrow to the knee. Yes. Yeah, and no, it's it's got some good stuff. I really like the scene of after Casca gets rescued by the rest of the band, when they find the like bed like the just the forest of corpses that Guts has left behind with him like sitting in the tree holding the sword in that pose that he does, and them just being like, There's there's no way Guts did this right. Like, what the fuck? And Guts is like, uh, here. <laughs> I'm over here. Everything hurts. I can't move. Except for he didn't kill them all, because the one guy used the shonen playing dead technique yes. so that they would all think he was dead and he could escape to Badger Casca later. Yes. One thing I wanted to note, I really noticed it in in this scene in particular that literally every single bad guy is like almost deformed. Like, you know, we've seen most of the people, like, I'm not saying that, you know, like, everyone's B-show, like, Griffith, but, you know, most of the people seemed like, oh, these guys are, like, gruff, hardened mercenaries, and they've got scars and stuff, but then you've got people who were, like, cross-eyed with buck teeth and the, the weirdest armor I've ever seen to, like, you know, one guy looks like he has a lobster pot on his head. Well, he's clearly part of the Red Lobster Knights, Kevin. <laughs> But I just I was like, why does why does everyone he fight have to be this hideous deformed? And it was like this one in particular just seemed like it really called out to it as opposed to beforehand where it was like I, he just seemed like he was fighting like regular rough dudes, you know, who it looked like they had been out on campaign for a while. Yeah, there's definitely some of that. I mean, I think a lot of that is the art style of Berserk. I think so too. Yeah, and the art is exaggerated or exaggerates. All of the villains are fat, if not grotesque. Yeah. Some of that is the classism. Yeah, that that is a good way to, I mean, honestly, that's a good way to show, well, not all the nobles are fat, but you can see the, the evil ones are fat because they are overindulgent as opposed to like the king and even Count Julius wasn't, like Count Julius wasn't fat. You know, it. I feel like he is drawn that way. I don't think so. I don't, Ma- maybe I, I'm misremembering. He might have been a little bit thick, like he definitely wasn't thin, but he did not come off as fat. He came off as... Because, like, he did regular sword training. So, like, he came off as somebody who worked hard. And then the king comes off as somebody who was like, yeah, I remember fighting in wars and, like, you know, I'm not the fat king that sits on his throne. Yeah. But even the warriors I drawn, like, very big and fat. Yes. Right? And a lot of that is sort of hidden by their armor. It just makes them look thick. Yeah. But they still have that sort of grotesqueness to them. Yes, Even when it's portrayed as a strength. Yeah. Whereas Guts, even when he's swinging around that sword, is pretty... Sh- Shonen still. He's way more muscular than a yeah. Deku, for example. But not that much more muscular than like Goku, who would have been contemporary. Yeah, no. He's Yeah, he's on, almost on Goku levels of like he's just very cut and ripped, but not very big. I mean he's big, but He's bigger than Goku. Yes. But a lot of that is down to style. Casca is bigger than Goku a lot of the time, and she's not drawn as muscular. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on Berserk? I'm glad we did this. It's been interesting reading the Golden Dawn as opposed to just kind of watching the the three movies that cover it. Yeah. And, you know, if it's something we go back to at a later point, uh, I'll be interested to pick it up again. It almost certainly will be. Will that be a year from now? We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that brings us to Personality Power Level. Personality Power Level is the segment where most weeks, we have been skipping it for Berserk because it's character light, we add a manga character to our list from best to worst. At the top is Naruto. That guy's not very beefy. Nope. At the bottom is Koku. For an old guy, I guess that guy's kind of beefy. Yeah. In the center, we have Buggy the Clown. 
which is one of our highest villains. Our highest villain is actually Tomura Shigaraki, and if we're adding Griffith to the list, villains seem the comparison. I think he's the best villain we've added to our list so far. I certainly think he's better than Tomura. Yeah. If you're speaking straight up villains. Yeah. Because uh, we have a, a couple of those antagonists from, or we have the the one antagonist from Pokemon who I think is higher. Yeah. Well, uh, Edgy is much higher if you were counting him. No, I was counting the uh, the other. No, we put Toru. No, did we put him lower? We put him lower, yeah. Oh. I don't think he's as good as Tomura. I would stand by that opinion. No, that's fair. He's more rivalish so far. How do we think he compares to Bakugo? Because I would not put him above Bakugo. I think that's fair. What about Tobio Kageyama, the setter of Haikyuu? I feel like right now I might be able to give it to Griffith just because Griffith has that kind of mystery element to him, which is pretty cool. But I think that Tobio could overtake his place as we keep going over Haikyuu more. Weird that I haven't brought this up yet, but I definitely don't think he's as good as Guts. No. How do we think he compares to Takagi from Bakuman? I think they are of equal importance to their series. Mm-hmm. I think I like Takagi more. Okay. Final question. Is he better or worse than Hinata from Haikyuu? Does he go between the two volleyball boys? <laughs> I don't think so, no. So I guess we put him above Hinata. Okay. That puts Griffith at number 25 on our list. I don't think Casca is as good as Griffith. No. Let's see. I don't think she's as good as Roranora Zoro, actually, who is the first character scrolling down that I think is in a comparable role. Also fair. But then we just, like, our sidekicks go off a cliff once we hit that. Probably better than Jonathan Joestar from JoJo. Yeah. How do we think she compares to Hiromaru from Bakuman? Otter 11 guy. Yeah, yeah. I think I like him more. I think so, too. Right below him, we have Asahi Azumune, who is the ace in Haikyuu. I think above him. Yeah, that sounds fair. So Kasuka will go at number 53, above Asahi Azumune and below Kizua Hiromaru. And that does it for Berserk Month. Happy Halloween, even if it passed. Happy Halloween in spirit. Have have a second Halloween today when you are listening to this. Yes. Eat all the candy you want. I eat all the candy that's left. <laughs> what are we going to read next week, Kevin? So next week we're going to read Akami Gakil, which is something that I've been really wanting to read for quite a while. I've seen the anime and know that it's one of the ones that diverges towards the end when it got caught up to the source material. But then rather than continuing on, it also just kind of ends, which is very weird. It was like, you know, the last, I think it was like two seasons and it was like the last half of the second season diverged and then ended differently. So I've been wanting to go back to it because I think some of the characters are interesting. Yeah. All I know about it is that I've heard of it before and it might even have been from you. It's totally possible. All right. Until then. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can check out my other two podcasts, It's a Gundam and Last Time on Video Games. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. Have a great week, everybody. Gotta stop.